All right, you good? Yeah. Welcome, everybody, to another season of the Baller Shorts Podcast. I am Ben Teitelbaum here with Doug Kralstein, breaking down all things hoops, mostly NBA. Yeah, Ben, it's been a while. Haven't seen you since last season. How you doing? It's pretty good. You've uh, put on some pounds there, Doug. Let's yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, put on some pounds, grew a beard, shaved my head. I look a lot different. I think it's working for you in this new stage thank of your you, life. Thank you, thank you. So... Season begins, and we're going to do what we do every year, which is we are going to draft every single team in the league. At the end of the year, whoever's 15 teams have most wins, well, they take home the proverbial belt as well as some very nominal small sum of money that we bet every year. (laughs) Yeah, so just to recap, Ben, I want to say it was close last year, but Ben, Ben blew me out of the water. I had some... That's some tough luck. I think I, I think I overestimated the Phoenix Suns. Yes, the one thing that for stick, example, the one thing that sticks out <laughs> is you were really high on the Suns pushing for a playoff berth. Which... I like their nucleus, but we'll get into that. So, Ben, you won last year, so I will allow you to pick whether you would like the first pick or you would like the second and third pick, and then we'll snake it after that. For me, this is very easy. I will take the first pick in the draft. I will take the Golden Cats? State. I will take the Golden oh, State Warriors. Interesting. And Curveball I, right off the bat. I don't think this one needs much discussion, but I do have one question for you. Okay. Do you think they set the wins total, regular season wins total, for the second time in the last three years, which would be 74 and 8 as a record? No. No. I think everything would have to go right health-wise. And I, don't, I think they've no, realized <clears throat> after losing in the finals the year they won 73 games that it's not necessary. And I don't think it's something they necessarily want to push for. I think... They've been very vocal about chasing a dynasty in, along the lines of Jordan's Bulls. So I think that's what their ultimate goal is. So no, I don't see it happening. I think they have room for leeway, though. I think this is a team where you could literally sit one of the big four for every single regular season game, and you'd be favored maybe 75 times. Even, still. even with the beefed-up West, like if you, you know, if you don't go into the Rockets or the Thunder full strength, you don't think they could pull one out. Oh, I think they could pull one yeah, out. But yeah. I, th- I think there are only a handful of teams. I think there are maybe four teams in the league who would be favorites against the Warriors, even if the Warriors are missing one of their core. Fair enough. All right. I don't think we really need to delve into the Warriors. I think it's pretty cut and dry. They're the favorites. Yada, yada, yada. All right. My turn. I get second and third pick. This actually is tough. So I will give you my first pick, or the second pick, however you want to phrase it. And that will be the Cleveland Cavaliers. I just think with without Isaiah, I think the fact that they have D. Wade, who's obviously up there in age and they're going to monitor his minutes, I just think LeBron, this is going to be a revenge type year for LeBron. I think he's, he's a little bit out for blood. I think he's tired of everything that's going on. So I see it. I see them winning the East. I, we can talk about the Celtics when we get there. I don't see the Celtics, have, you know, Playing as well as maybe people think they will, but we'll get there when we get there. All right. Now, my third pick, or my second pick, the third pick. This is tough. I think I got to go with the Spurs, though. I think I'm going to go with the Spurs as Ben moves my mic closer to me. You know, I don't know. They just – same team. It's Greg Popovich. I don't want to – I don't, I don't want to go against them. I don't necessarily think the Rockets are going to overtake them. What do you think? Well, let me jump in here. I think there's an easy case to be made against both of those teams. While I agree with the LeBron year, I am low on Dwayne Wade. I am lower on Derrick Rose. And I'm just not sure that this Cleveland team will sort itself out in the regular season for a couple of reasons. One, LeBron is notorious for taking some time to gel with a new core. And I would say that even though there still is Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson, it is essentially a new core in Cleveland. And how he plays with Dwayne Wade, not not sure. Uh, I think Not sure. They're best friends. They are best friends, but Dwayne Wade isn't the Dwayne Wade he once was. And I think he may try to turn back the clock. I'm actually extremely low on Dwayne Wade right now. And I, I, I think he might have a regression to the point of him being an average, like average, maybe slightly below average player. I think this is the year we actually see Dwayne Wade only being useful in small bunches. I think this is the year we see Dwayne Wade that is more like prime Jamal Crawford than 
anything else. So, and listen, I'm going to hold you. I'm going to bring that up every single week that we do this podcast. Sure thing. Prime Jamal Crawford was a great scorer and offered very little else. Very little else. And so they're so different. Sure, but I think think that's. I, I think he's only a heat check guy at this point. And then secondly. Also, LeBron's teams are known for taking the foot off the gas pedal and not caring about home court advantage. For those reasons, I actually kind of have the Celtics winning the East, Uh, especially because we do not know what will happen with Isaiah. Two of the Cavs' core players have expressed uh, discontentment with the fact that they are not coming off the bench. J.R. Smith, when he first said, oh yeah, I'm cool with it, now, now we know he's not. Same thing with Tristan Thompson. I just think it's more complicated than we think. And let's check back in in four months if Isaiah or Kevin Love or Tristan or J.R. Smith, if if one of them is traded, I would not be remotely surprised. All right. Um, All right. So if you're confident in the Celtics, I assume that's your pick here, right? No, because I'm, I'm, I'm higher <laughs> on another team in the West. By the way, I like the Spurs. And every year people downplay the Spurs. I don't think their quote-unquote aging is that much of a problem because they nah. still have young guys to replace. And the system is so great, especially in the regular season. While I don't love this team in the playoffs, I'm going with the Houston Rockets as my were. second pick. I knew you were. I had it highlighted there, too. Just uh, waiting to type your name. I think a team with that type of talent, a team that type of depth, and a team with the, that type of scoring versatility is just going to be so hard for opponents to deal with night in and night out. I think they were a regular season nightmare, and a team that once you really buckle down on them in the playoffs might struggle. I agree. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, yeah, this is about the regular season, so let's just take the playoffs out of the picture because I think we both don't necessarily love them in the playoffs. But, you know, the one question I have with them is will James Harden be okay moving back to a traditional shooting guard role? He'll be handling the ball a lot more than a, a, a typical shooting guard will, but Chris Paul is not a guy that who's just going to stand on the wing and, and shoot corner threes a la Patrick Beverly. He's, he is your ball handler. He is your offensive catalyst. He, I, I, he needs to be, at least. I think they'll mix and match a little bit more than that. Uh, and I think we've already seen that a little bit in the preseason. Plus, D'Antoni has said that he will have one of them on the court the entire game, every game this season. I see Chris Paul with yeah. his age and with the fact that he's a little bit slower than he once was, averaging maybe 34 minutes a game which gives James Harden 14 minutes as primary creator. Yeah, and, and that's what 40% of what he's going to play this year, which means I don't think he will really yearn uh, for that role. I mean, I don't think he will, will feel like it's not his. Who you got next? Whew, this is tough. This is tough. But I'm going to go with this team. I don't have any faith in, in any other team in the East, so I'm going to stick in the West. And I am going to go with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I, just, I love that pick. I love that pick, too. Um, Russ Westbrook, we've talked enough about him. He's MVP of last year. He'll be an MVP candidate this year. But now he's got Paul George. He's got Carmelo Anthony. But the rest of the team, if you think, if you look at it, you got defensive-type-minded guys like Steven Adams and Andre Roberson. 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 <laughs> Terrible shooter. You, you see... Think- you think Robertson is top five mispronounced names in the league? Probably. I mean, I just did it. Yeah, it's very minor. Yeah. You know who number one is? No. Thon McCurr. Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm never not going to say Thon Maker, though. Yeah. That, same with everyone who ever announces one of his games. What about Antetokounmpo, which I think I just nailed, but is very – you always have to think about it before you say it. Yeah, but I think a lot of people choose not to say his name. They abdicate that. They, they just say, say Greek, Greek. Yeah, exactly. Or Giannis. They just go. But yeah. they also mispronounce Giannis. A lot of people say Giannis. Yeah, it's just Giannis, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely used to do that. But now I'm more cultured. I've since been to Italy. I've uh, since been to Europe. I now I now understand how to pronounce these things. Having been to Europe yes. for the first time in your life this past summer, yeah, do well, you I'm have having... a new appreciation for Andrea Bargnani? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And look, first time in my life. You do. You have more appreciation for Bargnani <laughs> because you went to Italy? A little bit. I didn't see one basketball hoop in my time <laughs> in Italy. So the fact that he progressed into the player he was and, you know, carved out a career in the NBA is pretty impressive because I don't think there are any basketball hoops in Italy. So it's pretty impressive. But yeah, I'm going with the Thunder. I love the Thunder. I crushed their over under. It was, I think, 53 and a half. I've actually seen it a bunch of different Ways depending on where. Well, you're it's looking. fluctuated, but the latest, obviously, with the current iteration of this team, this is this is old. I think it's about fifty three right now. Um, and 
and I love it. I just love it. I think they're going to be great. Uh, yeah, there are going to be problems. Carmelo at some point is going to want the ball more than he gets it, but I think in this league, I Talon, think, Talon wins out. I think he's going to be willing to defer, not completely, but I think he's going to be okay being option 2A or 2B on this team, whatever him you want to call him and Paul George. Um, but I think he's going to be engaged. I think we're going to see a little bit of hoodie mellow. Sands the hood, obviously, because I think it would be a I think it would be illegal to wear the hood. <laughs> uh, the one question I have is: Will Billy Donovan allow Melo to be a ball dominant solo second unit star the way he should be? Because that's really what he should do. You would think. Them. You would think. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you know Paul George and Russ Westbrook would probably stay as the first team guys for that first shift, and then you you, you take Melo out, let him go. And run with the second unit as long as you have enough guys on D who can play with with Mello because we know he's not the most astute defender. But I completely agree with you. I think he needs to. I think he needs at least twelve minutes a game running that second team. Ready for my next pick? Let's go. Easy. Boston Celtics. Ooh. Number one, they've looked fantastic in preseason. Yeah. Which I know means nothing. Absolutely nothing. But I, I think it means nothing when you're looking at teams of backups playing teams of backups. When you're looking at the way Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward run sets together, it's been at times mesmerizing. I think Kyrie's greatness, much of it has been underestimated because he plays next to LeBron. And I think that's why he wanted to leave. People said there were many reasons. Kyrie wanted it to be his team that he wants to be the superstar. For me, it's more about that recognition. I can't remember where I first heard it, but somebody noted that Kyrie doesn't make all NBA teams, Mm -hmm. even though everyone would agree he's a top 15 talent in the league. Yeah. Why doesn't he make all NBA teams? Because, oh, he's only great because of LeBron. Yeah. So I don't think it's about him being the guy. I think it's about him proving that he is good sans LeBron, that he's great sans LeBron. Sans. So... I got, I got the Celtics. I think they, they win. Huh. I don't think they quite sniff 60 wins, but I don't think you have to. And I, I think they're going to be really good. Interesting. All right, they're over-unders at 54 and a half. I think so they sneak the over, 56. I think they're in the 56 realm. I think you, they're three wins better than last year. He sneaks it with Kyrie, Sons, LeBron. Interesting. I personally don't have complete faith in Kyrie Irving as a distributor on this team. 11 assists the other night. Yeah, hashtag preseason. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. It's the preseason. We'll see. He's going to want to take the shots at the end of the game, and honestly, he should. He's a generational talent offensively in terms of his one-on-one skills getting to the basket. He can obviously shoot very well. I love Kyrie. You know, I want him to succeed, but I I just question whether he'll be able to as the primary point guard. He was on terrible Cleveland teams before LeBron came over, so he didn't. You know, I I kind of consider that a wash where he was the guy on those teams. I don't think you can really take that into consideration, but we'll see. I mean, Stevens is a great coach, but it's a completely new team. You can't leverage really anything that you did last year um, in terms of your personnel your personnel pairings because because it's a completely new team. Brad Stevens, longtime college coach. Yes. What do they have to do? Incorporate new pieces all the time. Incorporate new pieces. But there's ne- – there's, at a I school know. like Butler, there's never turnover like this. Fair. I apologize for repeating everything you said. I just like the inflections you're using today. Good. I'm, I'm going for it. Trying to spice it up. Who you got next? I don't know. It's really tough because – so Ben and I, it's Sunday right now as we're recording. You know, we were watching some football in that commercial. I don't even know what the commercial's for. I think Aaron Rodgers in it. And the Believe It or Not, eh, I'm walking on air. That oh. song is now stuck in my head. I can't get it out. But I'm going to go – all right. I think – Was that a segue to something that you can believe or not or you just had to – A little bit. Oh, thank you. Thank you for introducing that, that it should be a segue. So I think we've picked collectively four teams in the West – and I think the next 5 through 11 in the West is pretty muddled, and it could be – it's a bit of a crapshoot. So I'm going to go to the East, and I'm going to take a team. Go believe, East, young man. Believe it or not, it's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. Ooh. I think they're going to take a step. I love Giannis. Oh, I did it. I did it. We just <laughs> talked about it. I love Giannis Antetokounmpo, a.k.a. the Greek Freak. And I was going to say his name so I could say I said his name instead of Greek Freak. Should have gone to Greece, littered with basketball hoops just everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think they take a step up. I like the nucleus of their team. They have Chris, Chris Middleton with a K, H, 
Um, they have him the whole season this year, hopefully. hopefully. Hopefully he stays healthy. Jabari Parker coming back. Hopefully he stays healthy. I like – I just like their team. I like what Jason Kidd's done with them. They have a lot of positional versatility. I mean that comes naturally when you're – you have a 6'10 point guard who could also technically be your center. Um, I just – I think they're going to take a large step. So I think this is one of the most polarizing teams mm-hmm. out there. When talking to people, when, when reading scouts reports – there are some people who believe, yes, everyone on the team is going to make a leap. And then there are some people who believe, eh, they may have approached their ceiling last year. Is Chris really going to get better? Malcolm Brogdon, does he have room for growth? Or is he one of those people because he played four years in college, and developed his skills, and really is athletically uh, relatively limited? Maybe he doesn't have anywhere to go. And maybe Giannis hasn't developed the jumper that will fully unlock him. Yeah. I'm just playing devil's advocate here that there is a case to be made that they are the exact same team than they, as they were last year. No, that's fair. They, they didn't upgrade any positions. It, 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 if Giannis doesn't develop that jumper, th- that really is the key to everything with this team going forward. He needs to be able to hit from 18 consistently, hopefully from three. I, I do think there is something to be said with the East getting weaker with a lot of players defecting over into the West. Fair. And a team like this with continuity that isn't seen on any of the other teams we've picked so far in the East, which is all two of them, the Cavs and the Celtics. Um, I think there's something to be said for that. But What's their over-under right now? Over-under for Milwaukee. Kill some time, Ben. I'm scrolling down. That's fine. I'm going to edit this out. Oh, 47. So the Milwaukee over-under is 47. You must think if you're picking them here that they hit 50. Yeah. Okay. I think so. I think in the 50. depleted East. I think, I think they hit 50, yes. I think that is what they will hit. <laughs> 50. I don't know how else I should put it for you. I think they will win 50 games. All right, so I'm going to stick in the East for my next pick. I know how you're going to take the team. I want. Is, I was is deciding my fourth to pick? Yeah, go ahead. Take them. They've won 50 games each year since they've had this nucleus, and it is the same nucleus. So take them. I'm taking the Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, wow. and Drake Raptors. Oh, thank you. You again, did not take my team. Again, they will struggle in the playoffs because they are so predictable in the playoffs. Yeah. But again, night to night, they've got the backcourt that tries harder than any other backcourt in the league. Yeah. They've got... Uh, enough different pieces with Ibaka and with Jonas. I don't and and they, they lost supposedly important players in Patrick Patterson, who Tamari I like. Tamari Carroll. Tamari Carroll was terrible. P.J. Tucker a was on of, the team a for lot about, of grit. A lot was, of the grit uh, the that they had. Three months. I don't think Jonas and Serge work well together, and that's why I balked on, on them in terms of choosing who I thought the third best team in the East would be. But I'm surprised you actually passed up the team that I'm picking next. You're going to pick the Wizards. But, but let me just say, <laughs> I, think, I think they walk into 50, 50 wins in the East with yeah. how hard they play and with that system and with that continuity and with the East being worse. The, the team doesn't take a step back. You think they walk into 50 wins? Uh, they're going to do some running, but some walking. Will the walking be on air? Believe it or not, I'm walking Sorry, right, I'm air. done. I'm done. It's out of my system. Yeah, we need to get copyright for that song. Should that be our new podcast song? <laughs> Maybe, maybe. I wonder how much. I think it was a it's, State Farm commercial. Well, it's hot now. State Farm boosted yeah, their stock. Exactly. All right, go next. All right, so I'm taking the team that I thought you were just going to take, and it's the Wizards, because everything you said about the, the Raptors holds true for the Wizards in terms of continuity and the same team. They haven't won 50 wins, but I think Wall and Beal took it to a next level last year, and I, I genuinely like their starting five. I think they keep it together, and I think – they are another team who will take a step up. I don't necessarily love the Raptors' new, new, new-ish bit parts, so I, I'm sticking with the Wiz. I like their starting five. Their bench leaves something to be desired, but I think a bench is something you can address in the middle of the season via trade. I'm concerned about health of that team. I'm concerned that they're so dependent on Wall and Beal, and that Beal really until last year, hadn't stayed healthy throughout a season. And with the way John Wall plays, it's the type of frenetic, up and down, go to the rim super hard type of playing yeah. that that could lead to a fall that breaks your wrist or, or, or something. And I, I totally don't wish on him. I love John Wall as a yeah. player. I'm just saying I, I, I'm worried with the, the very thin bench they have and with the dependency they have on two guys who 
I don't I don't know if they'll both stay to healthy together throughout the season. That's fair. I'm skeptical. That's but, fair. But I love their great starting line, and I, and I love all the pieces. All right, who you got next? You got to be going west, right? Going west. Who are you going with? See, now this is tough. I think this is where we get down to the nitty gritty. I think I know who you're taking here, but go ahead. Ah, you do. Yeah. I am not taking the Timberwolves. Okay, I, that is who I thought you'd be taking. I don't think that they're going to jump 20 wins. They won 31 games last year. Yeah. And they... I just don't think... Yeah. Okay, we'll get to them. They're going to win when they get 20 more. All right. Now yeah. I have no idea who you're taking. It could be one of six teams in my eyes. Uh, here's who I like. And I, I don't like the fact that I like them. <laughs> But okay. I'm going. To, I'm going to go with what I think is a lo- high floor, low ceiling pick here. Because remember, this isn't the team that I think will have the most chance at success. Yeah. This is a team that, for a wins pool, I think has the most sure ability to to get 46 wins. I guess. And that's yeah. Clippers. No. Because okay. the Clippers, I think, are super variable. Like they could win. Th- Blake could get injured and they could win 35 games. Fair. All right, then who is it? I like the Jazz. Okay. I like the Jazz. Okay. I think okay. the Jazz will have a top five like defense. There's absolutely nothing that they've done in the offseason that will significantly hamper their defense. Yes, Gordon Hayward plus defensive player, but with the pieces they've added in, you know, Cephalotion, Rubio, they've upgraded in certain defensive areas. Sure. And when you play a stifling, slow-paced style night in, night out, and when you are a system team that has seriously plus coaching, the regular season, you're going to win games. I, I think they get smoked in the playoffs when they get there, but I like the Jazz. Yeah, I think the question I have with them is do they have enough scoring? But they don't. They're super <laughs> – yeah, you know, they're super deep. Uh, they're going to play great defense. I like Rubio on that team. I think Rubio honestly is a better fit than George Hill, but they do lose George Hill's three-point shooting ability, which which could be big. I think Rodney Hood is the, the key for that team, and he might have to score 18 points a game. And, and can he do that consistently in an efficient manner is going to be the question. But I like that pick. I, I mean, the Jazz, they got a good thing going there. Unfortunately, so, they lost Hayward, but... Yeah, but yeah. Uh, Quinn Snyder's great and still underrated. Good yeah. hair, too. Good really hair. good hair, really good hair. Yeah. All right. So I'm going boomer bust. I'm going to go with the Timberwolves. So I'm, I'm like you. I don't think they're going to make the jump into the top four teams in, in the Western Conference. I don't think – I think Tibbs can turn them around a little bit defensively, but I don't think he's going to, with this personnel grouping, do great things with this team like he did with Chicago in terms of playing great team defense. But there's something to be said. They have Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, who I think the world of offensively, Carl Anthony. Carlton in Towns, and Jimmy Butler, who Jimmy Butler is the best player on that team. And those three together, combined with good, you know, pretty good bit pieces like Jeff Teague and Gorky Dang. Did I pronounce that right? Probably not. Okay. I, I like what I'm looking at, and I like Thibodeau to turn it around. I, they will be under some pressure, and I think that would actually be good for a team like that. They can't you know, Towns and Wiggins, I think they've had their losing seasons. Let's see them now win, which they've done before in college, in, in high school, obviously. Let's see them do it in the next level. Can I, can I jump in there? So you say Jimmy Butler's the best player. And I think definitely... Yeah, no, I know. Right uh, now, right now. I think he's the best two-way player. Yeah. You want one bucket, though? Who are you going to on that squad? Towns. Towns. Yeah. And can... Will Jimmy Butler be okay with that? We'll see. Because if there's one thing we know about Jimmy Butler is... He's pretty hard-headed. He thinks a lot about himself. Yeah. He's pretty hard-headed, yeah. and I don't think it'll end up being a huge problem, but I think there are going to be times where Towns needs to get the ball, and Jimmy Butler does not give it to him. We'll see. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think Butler's going to dominate the ball. I think he's going to be more of a point guard than T necessarily will. We'll see, man. I don't know. I think I think Butler, I think he's happy in this situation. I think, I mean, reports were when he got uh, called about the trade, I think he was playing like backgammon or something with Melo and, and, and D-Wade and Gabrielle Union and like he was like ecstatic way. about it yeah. even though he was leaving Wade who he loved um, I, I think I think Tibbs is going to knock some sense into him and I think Butler will take some very very important shots for this team but when he needs to go to Towns I think everyone will realize how good this guy is and I think they'll get him the ball that's how I see it 
Yeah. I don't disagree. Butler came up in Tibbs' system where, you know, it was about predicated on a little bit of ball movement and sharing the ball and getting the ball to where it needed to be as opposed to the player it needed to be. So I, I like I like what Tibbs can do. I know it's a risky pick. I see them as the five seed in the West this year. All right. I, I mean, I'm very excited to watch them. Very excited. That'll be interesting. All You're right, up. here's my next pick. The Portland Trailblazers coming off of a season when they were 44 and 38. I like this pick. But coming off of a, a second half of the season when they were really dominant with Yusuf Nurkic on the Seriously, court. Seriously, he was a huge difference for them. Huge. Hold on, I'm actually going to look up I'm gonna look up a stat for a second. All right, I'll talk. Yeah, talk about some stuff. Maybe we'll edit this after the fact. Believe it or not, yeah, I'm walking on air. I'm looking up what the Trailblazers' record with Nurkic was. He didn't play too much because he got injured right away. You're definitely going to edit this. I yeah. really want to keep my scene. Yeah, yeah. So this is definitely not last year's records, by the way. My bad. This is 2016. So. Warriors. Oh. So how many of the Trailblazers have been last year? Oh, 41 and 41. But they were ravaged by injury. Not ravaged, but they had a very slow start. What are we doing on... We're 13. It's yeah, we're, we're, no, we're doing all right. I think that. Alright, where are these stats? Come on. Okay. I'm starting again. Because I also had the wrong stat there. I said they came off a 44-win season. They really came off 41 win season. Oh, right my now. bad. All right, go ahead. No worries. All right, I'm taking the Portland Trailblazers coming off of a 41-41 and 41 season. Yes, they struggled to fit weird, mismatched guard parts uh, throughout the season to work in Evan Turner, an overpaid Alan Crabb, uh, to have some big guys that really didn't play that well. And then they got Yusuf Nurkic, uh, the grizzly bear from the Balkans, who really was incredible. He, he averaged 15 points, 10 boards, 3 assists, 2 blocks in 20 games with Portland before getting injured. The team was 14-6, and six, and I think they, they got rid of Crab. They have better balance on their team. And I, I just believe that this will be a bounce-back, bounce-up year for the Trailblazers. I see them winning at least 46 games, maybe approaching 50 and, I mean, yeah, it's crazy that a lot of this does ride on Nurkic's shoulders. And we have a very small sample size of him actually being a competent NBA player. But I like him. And he seemed happy. He seems like he's kind of a moody guy. And he seemed pretty ecstatic to be on Portland. And they really embraced him there. And I think that's actually going to be big. If he could stay healthy, he's a really good player in my eyes. And they were pretty terrible, the Trailblazers, in the beginning of the year. Not terrible. Terrible. Um and they did turn it around and it made a nice run towards the end. So I think you're leveraging off that. And I like that pick. I think they're going to have a good year. They're a good team. When you have a guy like Willard and a guy like McCollum, those two guys can carry you night in, night out. All right, who you got? All right, next up, I have a team in the East. And. Oh, Doug's going East. I'm going East. And it is going to be the Miami Heat. Doug likes the Heat. So uh, talk about a team who started terribly. They, they were awful to begin the year last year, and then they turned it up. They, I think they found their groove, and I think, you know, with Waiters doing Waiters Island things, but, you know, Dragic and Whiteside and Johnson moving into the starting lineup really helped them. Richardson getting healthy. I like the core of their team. I think they signed good pieces like Kelly Olenek in the offseason. I, I see them taking their second half and building on that. I, I, Spolster's a great coach. There's no denying that. I think he proved last year, more so than any other year, um, that he could coach in this league. Yeah, I really wanted to dislike Spolster as a coach for a while. During his, those hair, early his hair is weird. With the little, like, two bang things coming down. Yeah, I never. I mean, that was never the reason for me that I wasn't into him. I think that was for me. Yeah, that that turned me off on him. He got professionally dealt and, such an interesting hand yeah. with, as a young coach. Yeah, with with LeBron and Wade and Bosh. Yeah, and he handled it very well. Yeah, 
I like the Heat. I'm rooting for the Heat. I think they're fun. I, I like all the players on them. I just think, I just think it's impossible to predict. There's a few teams in the East that have to win games. You know, like there's games to be won in the East, and there's going to be, I think, you know, the Heat. If you put them in the West, are, are probably not making the playoffs. But you put them in the East, and I really think they can win. You know, 48, 49 games potentially. Um, a question for you. you yeah. Go off topic. Yeah, let's go. I think I the, fan, the fans have been contacting me in the off-season, fans of our podcast. Do you think I need to be sexier? Do you think I need to go Your sexy? voice? Yeah. Do you think I can go deep and be I, sexy? I don't know. That's It's not really your brand. No, it's not. Are you sure? I think you're coming across more as creepy and sexy. Are you sure? Now I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> Got him. All right. I, 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 I tell you, I'm going to go in and out of sexy and, and knowledgeable. This podcast got really I, <laughs> off the rails. I don't, know why, I don't know why sexy and knowledgeable have to be separate. Why can't you be knowledgeable in a sexy fashion? Because I can't say too much at one time with this voice. You're really just changing the way your eyebrows are moving more than you're actually changing your voice. Damn. Okay. All right. All right. It, you know what? Work in progress. But I'm just... The fans, they've spoken. They want sexier. I'm going to give them sexy. I like that you're at least thinking of it. Yeah. Trying to, you know, trying to evolve. Yeah, you know. Um, speaking of sexy. Yeah. Your next pick? I'm trying to think who the sexiest player on this team is. Oh, interesting. Probably, it's the passing of Milos Teodosic. Ah, okay. So you're going Clippers I'm now. going Clippers. I think low floor, high ceiling. I actually think in some ways the team might fit together a little bit better than they did with Chris Paul there. Uh, with Blake being a little bit more of a pl- primary playmaker. Yeah. I-, I hated the fact that they played Austin Rivers and Jamal Crawford together. That was just <laughs> unbelievable. I uh, love Milos Tedosic coming over from Serbia as maybe the best passer. He makes a really cool passing. Maybe, maybe the best passer, passer in the sorry. world. And, and people just don't realize it. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the way he gets the ball to other people... It's hard to explain verbally. It's unusual. A lot of underhanded flips, a lot of body contortions. Well, I mean, it's very European. There's a lot of Ricky Rubio in what he does. Yeah, definitely a lot of deception. But no, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And you know what? This team has a lot of experience playing without Chris Paul because Chris Paul was very injury prone. He missed a lot of games when he was a clipper. And I think most people agree. You know, Blake Griffin also injury prone, but he definitely has the capability of kind of running the offense for this team. He's a he's a very good passer. So there, there are a bunch of really interesting advanced stats from last year that say the Clippers were a dumpster fire with Chris Paul off the court. Yeah. But when you look a little deeper, yeah, that was most of the minutes with Chris Paul injured and then being a dumpster fire had both Blake and DeAndre sitting at the same time in a backcourt of Rivers and Crawford, which is maybe the historically worst defensive backcourt anyone has ever put on the court. Yeah, and uh, I think Pat Beverly on that team now will definitely help things. Exactly, having just a bulldog at the point of attack. So again, if Griffin and Gallinari both play under 35 games, which would not surprise anyone, yeah, the team will probably be pretty bad. But if everyone stays healthy, then this team could challenge could challenge the top four, I think. I think they're interesting and deep enough. Uh, the only, I guess, worry I have if they stay healthy is that I think Doc Rivers is a terrible coach. I think there are very few people whose reputation has been saved by uh, sort of the luck of the draw with their players, which is what happened to Doc. He was sort of a middling coach who got dealt that great Boston Big Three and the young Rondo. And, Agreed. Yeah. And, yep, yep, you yep. Know, absolutely. Your girlfriend, Ashley, could have coached that team to the finals. Nope, don't agree. Honestly, can't, can't see that. Sorry. Maybe um, may, maybe we could have, but Ashley, no, don't think so. Maybe Emily could have. You think your girlfriend, Emily, could? Yeah, I do. I believe in her. Aww. When Ashley hears this back, that's adorable. some words. Nope, sorry, Ashley. Don't see it. All right, who um, do you got next? The next, I, I can't go to the East. So we've picked eight teams in the West. So we've hypothetically picked who we collectively think will be in the playoffs, maybe we individually think. Ooh, so let's stop there for a second. Yeah. That leaves the Nuggets, the internet's favorite team on the outside looking in. How well, do we don't have to stop that? for a second because that's who my next pick is. All right. Onward. Yeah. I, I like that team. I like, so I'm a huge Paul Millsap fan. I think he fits in great with them. I think he's going to bring the toughness 
in the rebounding that, that Jokic maybe doesn't bring, but what Jokic can do offensively. I think they're going to fit in. I, I think they complement each other really, really well. Pop quiz, Millsap College. Oh, I know this too. Louisiana. Louisiana Tech? Yeah, I got it. All right, got it. Cool. Um, and I did not look that up. Yeah, no, I like their pieces. I like Jamal Murray to take a step this year. I'm a big Gary Harris guy. I know you, for whatever reason, have not been a Gary Harris guy. For whatever reason, because when I was young and really into DraftKings and FanDuel, Gary Harris always looked cheaper than he should have been. I was like, oh. He's not cheap anymore. He just signed, I think, four years, $84 million. Why is it cheap to get Gary Harris? And then he would put up nothing but like 16 points. Yeah. Like two rebounds, two assists. So the only piece I don't love on this team, and he's young, he could develop, is, is Emmanuel Moutier. But I think they went, you know, they went with Jameer Nelson last year. They should kind of run the course with that. Maybe they'll be in the market for a veteran point guard if they're in the playoff hunt down the line. But, dude, they're a deep team. They have shooting. They have versatility. What's not to like about them? They have some roster issues. They have some serious defensive questions. They'll score, though. But they'll score. They'll score. They'll score. It's the same, the same kind of a lesser way that we look at – the Rockets, the teams are in no way similar in terms of the actual people on the teams, but the defensive deficiencies and the, the, the desire to outscore teams is kind of going to be on the same wavelength as the Rockets. So Agreed. All right, so that's nine teams we've picked now. And how many have we picked in the East? We've only picked six. Okay. Last year, yeah. there were seven Eastern Conference teams who had a better than 500 record. Okay. And there were only seven in the West. Okay. Yes, the West is a lot better, but they beat each other up. Yeah. So I am picking a team that I think has to win a few games just based on the fact that they have nine competent NBA players because there are a lot of teams out there that don't have seven competent NBA players. And that's the Charlotte Hornets. Now, again, and, and not again because I haven't said this yet, but again, as in for another season, Dwight Howard could torpedo a team. You never know. But, he could. But then again, like the teams that he quote-unquote torpedoes, they're over 500 and they get into the playoffs. Yeah, they just they're don't just, perform to the expectations that people have of them. Sure, but in the regular season, a team with Kemba Walker and... The, the pieces that fit around him. Now, Nick Batum's injury is obviously a huge blow. Uh, he'll be out at least the first couple months of the season. Yeah, I think they said maybe, maybe December he'll be back. Right. But I, I don't know. I, I think another solid coach, another uh, system that I think works. They had a down year last year. They were 36-46. and 46. But I think... I don't know. I just believe in them to win 42 games, which at this point in our draft is all I'm looking for. I like it. You're up. I'm, I'm going back west. I just can't. Ra- I, I You're like going your, Grizzlies. I like your Hornets pick. No, I'm not. You're going Pelicans? I'm going Pelicans. Woo. Look, you have two of the top, say, 15 guys, 15 players in the NBA. Even if they kind of technically play the same position, they can play together. But Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, I just... I really think that they'll have an offseason together. Hopefully there's a system put in around them to allow them to both thrive and succeed. They can definitely play off each other, do a little high-low. Anthony Davis, either of them can really work the high post or the low post. You know what I was thinking about the other day, which sort of got me a little curious about the way things have shaken out? If you'd have told me five years ago, Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins, which one is an above-average three-point shooter? Who would you have said? Well, obviously, Anthony Davis. It's fascinating to me because I'm still surprised that Anthony Davis is not a good three-point shooter and doesn't feel comfortable taking them. Yeah, Except for the corner. Agree. How has he not developed that skill with the beautiful stroke he has from 20 feet? It's It's not necessary right now for them to succeed, but I think for him to take that next evolutionary step, that's what he needs to do. I'm with you. I think it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. That, this team has a lot of question marks and a lot of holes after their top two. Well, top three if you want to count Drew Holiday. But I'm looking at, I'm I looking like at what team. he shot from three point. 29%. Yeah. It's unbelievable. We'll 30% see. if you round up. Uh, I, I'm, I'm big on rounding up. <laughs> yeah, you are an accountant, so I'll go with you on this one. Boom. But uh, I think they're good together. I think Drew Holiday is a fine point guard. I'm not a huge I'm a sexy fan. accountant. 
Um, yeah, that's you seen most accountants. <laughs> let's touche. Let's take a quick look at the Pelicans roster. Let's do it. And you tell me if you'd want them on your rec league team. Okay. I mean, the answer's going to be yes to everyone. <laughs> Anyone on that team would dominate our rec league. So let's get that out of the way. All right. Who are we starting at shooting guard? Each one more? Ian well, it's, it's going to be Rondo and Drew Holiday starting in the back. Except that Rondo has a sports hernia and he's out however long. Okay. He's, he's out for a few weeks, potentially a month or two, I believe. But yeah, each one more, I guess, would step in there. I don't like it. I love Ian Clark as the 11th guy in the Warriors. I don't like Ian Clark as the I can, I think number can, one swingman off the bench. I think he could evolve into that. Look, How like you feel I about said, Dante Cunningham at small forward? I just think, Good defender. Uh, good defender, decent corner, three-point shooter. I think they're just so thin at every single position besides the bigs. Yeah, that's fair. And, and in a guards league where you both have to defend and make plays from the guard position, I just think they will, will struggle. And I think they're going to have a bunch of second units that get literally run off the court. All right. right. I, the, it was slim pickings here, so I, I, um, I, I truly think they're the best team left. So who do you – if not the Pelicans, who would you pick? The Grizzlies, because I think Gasol and Conley – will not let them lose more than 41 games. I think they go 41 and 41. Okay. And miss the playoffs by a game. And I don't have much to say on them. I think Chandler Parsons was one of the worst contracts handed out ever, but judging by his Instagram, he seems to live a wonderful life, so I'm happy for him there. <laughs> um, That's so nice of you. Uh, and I think Fisdale's a great coach, great pullover from Miami. And I think they... The only way I think that this team does not go 500 or close to it is if they decide to blow it up. And they don't seem to have the type of ownership that wants to blow it up. They want to stay in that playoff hunt. But the way their team is constructed, the amount of money they owe Gasol and Conley, which anyone would agree, they are quote-unquote max players within the context of the way NBA sort of salary structures are constructed. But if they're your two max players, you're not getting to the conference championship games. And you're definitely not winning a title. So maybe they decide this is the year they blow it up. If so, then then maybe things change. But uh, otherwise, I think they go 41-41. That's fair. Uh, yeah, you know what? I think I would pick them here, too. I do like the Pelicans. I like the Pelicans as more of a risk. The Grizzlies, I think, are less of a risk. Although there is something to be said. If Conley or Gasol goes down, that team, that team goes down. With them, so and they both are injuries. We'll see. All right. Right. I don't love this next pick, but I have to go to the East, and I think I have to pick the Pistons. And I really don't want to talk about them too much because I don't love this pick. But Stan Van Gundy, you know, good NBA coach, good track record. They have Andre Drummond, who still I think is one of the younger stars in this league, and they did just get Avery Bradley. I don't know. I don't really have much. To say about that, I'm not enthusiastic about this pick. I don't think I'm going to be enthusiastic about any other team in the East, and I don't really want to waste words on them. Well, let me just give you. I want to give you one more over under. Over under, yeah. One and a half years, Stan Van Gundy left for the entirety of his career on an NBA sideline. You think you're wait? You're asking me does Stan Van Gundy have more or less than one and a half years on an NBA sideline? More. Not like sitting courtside. <laughs> more. Forever? For the so. rest of his life? You I think, think he so. has one more year and that's it? I, I think... He gets fired and he'll fails, never get... He'll never, yeah? If this team fails this year, which I think they will, Stan Van, Gunder, Stan Van Gundy will be relieved of his duties. He will commit full-time to Stan Van Gundy-O's, the newest children's no! serial, which a year later still have not been put into production, but I'm, I'm still holding out hope. And then I think he realizes maybe coaching isn't for me, and he joins the media and stays in the media. All right. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, I'm looking at some over-under win totals. Why can't they have the – do you have them up by by actual number rather than by – Why? Who are you looking to compare? No, I'm just trying to see who, who at this point would be in the East. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who do you like? Who you got next? No, I'm, I'm just trying to see what, what Vegas thinks about whether the next pick there would have been Detroit. Oh, yeah, the next pick here is Philly. Unbelievable. We love the under for that one, right? I think so. 
I'm going to edit this part out. Just because okay. we're not actually talking about anything. All right, here we go. Should I make this pick with my heart or head, Doug? Your heart or head? Or your heart or your head? Heart or my head. You do have a hard head. Uh, it's not go big, but it's hard. Go with hard your heart. Ben. That's what they used to call it. Hard me. Ben. Go with your heart. I can't pick the Lakers here, can I? <laughs> well, here's the problem. That's why I want you to go with your heart. We're, we're down to the, the team with the next best pre preseason over under win total is the 76ers at 42 and a half. Mm, they're lower now. FYI. I think they're... That has been bet down significantly. They're at 39 now. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but I but mean, it, did opening, it did start. It did start as a five... Yeah, with them as a, a slightly above 500 team. Uh, I love that team too. This is, this is difficult. This is a do I go for high risk high reward, or do I go for a team that I think will be steady? I'm going to go with the Mavericks. Ah, that's good. Because I think the Mavericks have a high floor here. I I think there's no way they bottom out. They've got a bunch of players I like. Dennis Smith, no longer a dark horse. I think he's a legitimate shot at rookie Rookie of the year. I think Lonzo gets it. Uh, Because I think he's he's best set up for it. But I think Dennis Smith will create uh, quite a showing. And I think Dennis Smith might lead the league in break the internet plays this year. Yeah. Like plays where all of a sudden Twitter, at least my timeline for 35 minutes oh, yeah. just goes insane. Well, he's got what, a 44 inch vertical? That's insane. That's that's better than anyone you can name in the NBA. I think that might be the highest in the NBA. Yeah. Maybe as a maybe not one of those like leapers like Derek Jones. Did but... you hear the story about how he had three ACLs? Yeah. No. Three? Yeah, yeah. And so when he tore one, he actually had another. I actually haven't corroborated it. It might be a lie. Yeah, I count as a half. I saw a headline and I was like, huh, that's interesting. I don't really care enough to keep clicking on it. Yeah. No, I count that as a half. But no, I I respect, you know, as someone who's come back from three ACLs themselves and is extremely explosive and has also a 44-inch vertical, I... You know, think the world of Den Smith and wish him nothing but success. He's, we're kind of like kindred spirits. The Mavericks won 33 games this year. No. Nothing on that? Nothing Maver- on anything I just said? No, I just, I, I, <laughs> I just let you go. I thought that was great. Fair enough. They won 33 games last year, and I think they went about the same this year. Maybe 35. Ugh, the West is better. That's a bad pick. Whatever I made it, you're up. No, it's not a bad pick. But I'm going to go with the Sixers. I, you baited me. You baited me. No, I was going to go with the Mavs. I actually would have rather had the Mavs than the Sixers, so I think you made the, the right choice. There's always, with the Mavs, they still have Dirk, and they still want to perform for Dirk. You know, they're still, I think they're not going to admit they're in a full-on rebuild until Dirk retires, out of respect for him. So I think they're going to make a push and maybe play vets a little more than the rookies to try to get that eighth playoff spot, just to give Dirk one one last run. Hopefully, hopefully this isn't his last year, but you never know with him. He's, he's getting up there in age. Anyways. I love him. He's a, he's a national treasure, even though he's German. Yeah. The Sixers, to me, they're not going to wind up being like the fifth best team in the East, like some, I think, lunatics are predicting out there. The lunatics! But, yeah, they're not going to go from the doldrums all the way up to amazing, but they do add essentially two number one picks. And not essentially, they add two number one picks because Ben Simmons never played for them. And I think he's the real deal, and I love Markel Fultz as well. I don't know what's scarier. I was going to put a scary movie there, but I hate scary movies. And I can't. What's a good scary movie? I don't know. I'm not really a scary movie guy. Definitely not Mother. Okay. I would not count that as okay. a scary movie. <laughs> it? I don't know. That's what all the kids were talking okay. about. I don't know what's scarier. It or Markel Fultz's new free throw shooting form. Yeah. It's bad. I spent time with Fultz in March during the NCAA tournament before he had even really started training for the NBA. And he had such an easy, natural release. Was it perfect like uh, Kobe Bryant's form? Something textbook? Not quite, but it was effortless and it was fluid. And now it looks super robotic and just super bad. 40... Shooting something like forty percent from free throw in the preseason, yeah. which I know we don't count preseason, but you do when you're starting. No, no, that they, look, free throws are free throws, so it's weird to you know if you're shooting forty percent in the preseason, it's not automatically it's not going to become seventy percent in the regular season because it's a meaningful game. He's got the yips, maybe it's inter- it's interesting because he was viewed as a guy who you know could be ball dominant, but could also play off the ball and maybe shoot a little because Ben Simmons won't be that guy. Interesting. You spent so you spent time with Markel in March. In March. Oh, that's interesting because I spent time with him in February. And you know what he mentioned? 
What? That I should, on this podcast, use a sexy voice. Did he mention that to you when you, when you hung out? No, you didn't come up somehow. Interesting. 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 I'll have to text him about that. All right. Oh, yeah. You're on, uh, you're on text. Moving on. <laughs> this is all right, we're, we're, well, you got the Sixers. I'm going to say one quick thing about the oh, yeah. Sixers. If Fultz can't shoot, yeah. it's a huge problem for their roster building. Because with their whole Ben Simmons point guard thing, and he has looked absolutely fantastic. Oh, he's going to be such a good player. He's going to be fun to watch. They need Fultz to be a floor spacer. That said... They do have J.J. Redick. Joel Embiid is unbelievable. He's got to stay healthy. He's really got to stay healthy. All right, you're up. What a play. You're up, homie. We're going to edit this, but that was a hell of a play. You're up, homie. Okay. I am up, and I am going to go with... (laughs) It's tough, man. Tough sliding slim, out here. Slim pickings. I'm going with the Lakers. Let's uh, you go. Did it. You did it. Let's make a jump, baby. Let's make a 10-win jump from 26 last year. I don't think that'll happen. I think the Lakers are going to lose a lot of 124 to 117 games, but they're also going to be super fun. And I think Lonzo is going to be the rookie of the year. I think he set up perfectly for it. And... I don't know. Julius Randle. I don't know if you've seen him with his shirt off. I have. It's Yeah, he's looking great. I haven't seen impressive. him with his shirt off. but And I think Brooke Lopez is one of those guys who over the past eight years has gone from being overrated to being very underrated. Because I think everyone expected him to be a superstar. He's a great fit on this team. Yeah, everyone expected him to be a superstar, and when he couldn't carry a team, everyone was like, oh my gosh, he's a bum. But then you realize who he was surrounded with the last couple of years. And he Brooke hasn't Lopez, been on a relevant team in, in very long. Granted, yeah. he's been the best player on a not re- in an irrelevant team, but dude, I, I like that. I like I like your squad. You haven't mentioned the guy, though. The guy that everyone's talking about right Coos! now. Yeah, he's, yeah, well, he's going to be the MVP. Yeah, potentially. I like him. Have you watched any of Lonzo's reality show? Uh, bits and pieces. I never sat down and watched the full thing, it's which is bad because I was supposed to do it for work. Two quick takeaways, Go. very quick. One, Levar Ball says a lot of crazy things, but he he is a really good guy when it comes down to it. He loves his family. The things he's doing for his wife, who's sick, are pretty awesome. Takeaway number two: Lamelo Ball is a little cornball. <laughs> he's a little weird kid. He's got to grow up a little bit. I'm calling it now. He's going to be a bust in in. He's, UCLA if he gets there. Or he's in what? Uh, he's the beginning of 11th grade? He's 16, yeah. Do you realize how much of a cornball I was at that age? Dude. You did. You, I mean, you were kind of a bust. I don't know. In the, <laughs> journalism, world, in the, in the journalism world, you were really highly talented coming in. but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I try, I mean, just the people I've been talking to, like Markel Fultz in February, I'm, I'm after a, we spoke about my sexy voice. I'm having a mid-career revival. <laughs> You're next. Fair enough. Um, all right. I'm up. You're up. Interesting. I'm going to go with the Pacers. They obviously lost Paul George, and they gained, what they got for him was, could you even say pennies on the dollar? I love Oladipo. You know that. But Another underrated guy yeah. after being overrated. You know what, though? They, this team has experience playing without Paul George. Do they? Yeah, when Paul George broke his leg. I mean, not yeah, the exact that, same guys. But who but, was on the team that year? Almost no one that is currently on the team. Was Lance not on the team? No, I guess not. All right, fair enough. And and they didn't have Miles Turner, who theoretically will be the focal point of the offense. Yeah, I think so. Look, you know what? At this at this point, hey, at least our coach Nate McMillan had experience. At this point, we don't have a lot to choose from. It's true. We don't have a lot to choose from, but I don't know. I, I see them winning. Maybe maybe they can get to thirty eight wins in the East. Maybe, but. Their over wonder was thirty one and a half. You better be putting big money on them getting to thirty eight <laughs> wins. Said maybe I'm not gonna. You, bet oh on my it. god! Okay, yeah, you're you're a hater. You're a hater. All right, who you got next? Uh, I am going with. <laughs> Their over under is thirty and a half. Not even thirty. Oh, so it fell. It fell. <laughs> maybe they. All right, maybe they can get to thirty three wins. We're seeing different numbers here. Go on. Um. Uh, okay. I'm going with the. Magic. I think the Magic are 
one of the most poorly constructed teams over the last five years in the history of professional sports. They're yeah. just a bunch of mismatched Well, they got parts. rid of their GM. He was terrible. He but, put the team together. <laughs> but I think they've got more raw talent than all of you people we haven't, and by people I mean teams, than all the teams we haven't yet picked. So I'm going with the Magic. And there's really not more to talk about. I think they're an uninteresting team. The only thing that is interesting about them to me is if Aaron Gordon can somehow piece it together and if Mario Hizonia can finally break out. Yeah, like, and Fournier had a bad year last year. And of all the top lottery picks, the one to me who is actually the least interesting is Jonathan Isaac. Like, what is, what is his ceiling? What, what like, get, his ceiling is he's a, a third player on a pretty good team to me. Like, there, there's nothing... I don't know. I mean, you could say that, but he also kind of has makeup and skill set a bit similar to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah, you know what? He's not remotely the athlete Giannis is. We'll he doesn't see. do any of the playmaking. All right. We'll see. Stop hating. We'll see. All right. Should I make this next point? <laughs> this next pick in my sexy voice. I, I was going to I was going to no. edit the sexy voice out of the podcast. <laughs> no, you've referenced it too much. It has. Oh, to no, you're you're now making me keep referencing <laughs> it, so you definitely can't edit it out. Come on, trust me, I won't. I won't. All right, I'm going with the Sacramento Kings. Again, not great pickings here. There's one person on this team that I love, and that's Darren Fox. I would love to see him on the Knicks, but you don't love Vince Carter. That is. I do love Vince Carter. No, I'm talking about like an actual building block for the future. It was interesting that they signed guys like Vince Carter, Zach Randolph. They gave a lot of money to George Hill. You know, I like those guys as mentors, but they're expensive mentors for, for your young core. But you know what? It's an interesting team with Darren Fox. But you know what's um, actually Harry Giles, he probably won't play much this year, but it'll be interesting to see his development if he does get some minutes towards the end of the year. You talk about roster building, and you mentioned – expensive mentors, I actually think it was brilliant what they did. I don't think they needed all those guys, but go on. But, but here's why I think it's brilliant. They've got a bunch of guys on rookie deals yeah. that they need to figure out whether they are the pieces to sign. They have too many of those young guys to, to pay them all the big bucks, but they need to figure out, is Buddy Heald a legitimate guy? Uh, what will become of the Aaron Fox? Yeah. Can Scal turn into something? And with these short but overpriced mentor contracts. Yeah. In two years, they come off the books, which is fine. That's fair. Three years, right? So, so they have time to have George Hill for three years because yeah, I mean, they don't in, need in to pay Darren Fox. In today's day and age, you have to the salary floor. You got to pay. You got to pay some people something. So, and, and Sacramento knows very well that they are not getting people like legitimate stars yeah. through free agency. So why not? So it, I, I think it, it pains really me to smart. say this, but I kind of like the direction the organization is going. I mean, they're very combustible. They could Vivek could, uh, you know, may decide he only wants to play three guys on defense and have two guys cherry pick and fire anyone who says otherwise. It could happen, but you know, I kind of like what they're doing. I mean, cross your fingers with them, but I don't know. I, I don't expect too much, but I like picking them where I just picked them. All right, I'm You're going up. with. What pick is this? How many teams do we have left? Oh, how many teams do we have left? I'll yeah, tell you how many teams we've picked. We've picked four teams in the West, which leaves one team, and I'll let you guess who that is, and we've picked 11 in the East. So, so we got four oh, teams left. the Phoenix Suns, who you thought about. No, five teams. Sure, I'm sorry. 40 games. All right, I think this pick, for me, is easy. The New York Knicks. Woo-hoo. You know why? I don't want to pick them. Go on. I think they get better without Melo. I think they get better being Porzingis' team. Yeah. I think a little bit of Porzingis plus Ennis and Porzingis plus Willie Hernan Gomez. And then when Willie and Ennis come in and do their best impression of those Thunder lineups that just beat people up on the offensive rebounds, I think they have a lot of ways to be pesky against other teams. I don't like Tim Hardaway's contract, but I do like Tim Hardaway as a player. Yeah, this is a much different role than what he's been, though. He's going to be the the second option on offense. Sure. We'll see if he can handle it. And that's why I don't think they'll be a good team, but I think they can win 32 games. <laughs> I mean, they don't have a point guard. I hope Frank can evolve, but he's not going to be the guy. They, they, I mean, they have either Ramon Sessions or Jarrett Jack starting did, the offense. Did you want Dennis or Frank instead of Frank? Yeah, of course okay, hold I on. did. I'll ask you a question. Of course I did. Let me ask you a question as a New York Knicks fan. Would you, if... You are allowed to right now swap Dennis Smith for Frank. 
Okay, let me rephrase that. Would you would you do this? Trade. You get Dennis Smith for Frank, but Eli Manning also has to retire today. Wow. We're crossing sports barriers. Yeah, here. yeah. You're a you're a big giant. No, I would say no. I would Eli... say I would say I would say no. Wow. I would I would I would keep Frank and, and allow Eli to not retire. That's ridiculous considering Eli is a bad Could you player. imagine if that trade like actually happened though? Like they actually had a cross sport trade and, and Dolan had to call up the Maris and say, Hey, sorry, Eli's gotta retire. We really want Dennis Smith Jr. I mean, I don't know. Eli's press conference would be like, Yeah, like I guess I'm retiring like with this doofy face, like, yeah, I guess I'm retiring, like, did really envision this happening. <laughs> you think Eli Best of luck to Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> you think Eli has a sexy voice? <laughs> All right, make Eli is the reason. Eli is the reason why I have a sexy voice. All right, I'm up. Well, you know who I got to go with. Yeah, you're taking the Nets because the other three teams are terrible. The Phoenix Suns. What? Oh my god! How can you hate me for taking this? Can I say something about the Suns? Of course, I you think, can say something. I think they might sneak into the playoffs as the eight seed this year. Nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But everything I said last year holds true with the Suns. I like. I like their core. I like I like their nucleus. I like Josh Jackson now. Uh, I don't know if Earl Watson is destined to be a <laughs> coach, but he continues. Earl Watson, former great UCLA backup point guard. He was not a good starter for UCLA, but he was a great backup. He continues to be the coach. Like I can't really use superlatives here, but I can use literal words. Like you know, they have a basketball team, but hey. You never know. There's always a team that surprises you, and it, man, if it was the Suns, even though, even if it was a year late this year, I would love nothing more. You're All right. right. Let's We're done with the this. West, by the way. We're done That's with it. the West. West is done. I like the Nets here. And this, I think, actually, aside from my first pick being the Warriors, is the easiest pick of the entire draft. Because I think the Nets are heads and shoulders above the Hawks and Bulls, who will easily be erased to the bottom. The Nets have some interesting guys. I think D'Angelo Russell's actually good, and I feel bad for the way his first few years in LA turned out. I personally apologize as a Laker fan. I always supported him. And Byron Scott is the worst thing to ever happen to a young guard, and the fact that they put him on TV every day is just shocking to me. Anyways, I think the Nets are decent. Wow, and by dude. decent, I mean pretty bad, but not as bad as they have you in the last really five years. You really sped through that. Like, legitimately Boom. sped through that. Yeah, right. I am making this next pick just to spite you. So I'm going to take the Bulls. To make you have to root for the Atlanta Hawks because I know you took the under on them. You're taking the fighting Larry Markinins? <laughs> I'm taking the fighting Larry Markinins. Um, I don't necessarily think they're going to win more games than the Hawks, but I think it's going to be like 15 to 16. So I don't think we're, we're – I don't think it really matters here. So I'm, I'm going to take the Bulls just so you have to root for a team that you bet on the under for. Uh, I can just root against them both. That's um, true. Let's take a look at the Atlanta Hawks depth chart. Oh, it's it's not great. They have Schroeder. Schroeder just got in legal trouble, too. Yeah. And then after that, it's DeAndre Bembry, Torian Prince. I do like Bembry. I mean, I think he could be a legit player. Prince showed flashes last year. Who else they got? Richard Jefferson. Richard Jefferson <laughs> will be waived. For sure. You think, what team is he going to end up on, do you I don't think? No, I hope the Cavs, though. He was so happy. Him and Channing Fry, they were best friends. Man, I don't know. Who else we got on this? Dwayne Dedman. Where did he go to college? Oh, maybe that might be one USC. Of the, that know? might be the only he player in the, in the league. I don't know. He went to USC. Dwayne Dedman. He went to USC. Did they call that a pick? No, uh, incomplete. Wait, was that fourth down? Yeah. Oh, really? I don't know why they just went to the field. Oh, interesting. All right, should we wrap this up? Yeah, we can wrap it up. Did Dedman go to college at USC? Yeah. I think he was a transfer. He's Mormon. Really? Yeah. All right, Doug. You want to do a quick... Let's wrap this up. You got the list of who did what. You want to quickly run through who we got? For the, yeah. For those fans that stuck through it, thank you very much. We love you. And I don't really have you. the list necessarily by personal. All right. Ready? Oh. Here's here we go. Yeah. For Doug, Doug in the East has the Cavs, the Heat, the Pacers, the Pistons, the Bulls, the Wizards, the Bucks, the 76ers, 
Ben in the East has the Raptors, the Hawks, the Celtics, the Hornets, the Magic, the Knicks, and the Nets. You're up in your up Hard to follow when you sort of You're jump around with those players yep. when you say Hawks first and Celtics next. <laughs> Doug, by the way, has pulled up a spreadsheet <laughs> with the team's records from two years ago. Yeah, my bad. Um, Ben, you have both teams in New York and both teams in L.A. I love that. You're I'm a big much... city guy. Go yeah. back to Cincinnati, dog. Exactly. Go back to Cincinnati. I'm all about middle America. All right. In the West, Ben has the Golden State Warriors, who, I don't know, could be overrated. The Clippers, <laughs> the Trailblazers, the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, the Rockets, the Jazz, and the Lakers. Oh, man, I love While that. While Doug has the Spurs, Thunder, Kings, Nuggets, Pelicans, T-Wolves, and the Suns. And most importantly, Doug is a sexy voice, and Ben only is a goofy voice. And we have 2% left on my computer, so we are getting out of here just in time. Thank you for listening to Baller Shorts. We are sponsored by... Doug's sexy voice. Thank you. I was setting you up, and I needed you to throw it down. We'll see you next week. Peace.